Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we are discussing becoming financially optimistic. I know that this is an episode that you are excited to talk about because you characterize yourself as this eternal optimist. I'm pretty sure that's in my Twitter profile, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly where I recall it, uh, recall it being. But yeah, we're going to talk about financial optimism. We're, we're going to discuss some of the different ways that being an optimist is beneficial to our lives, obviously financial, but other areas as well. Yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to talking about optimism here because I myself have a pretty strong bent towards optimism. But before we get to that, I wanted to mention an article I just saw recently. And basically, it said that Americans spend more on their lunch than folks in Britain do. I thought it was interesting that our lunches cost more. When we go out to eat, for some reason, lunchtime fare is more expensive here than it is across the pond. I don't know exactly why that is. They gave a couple reasons in that article for why they think (laughs) that's the case. But what do you think about that? Like, Why do we spend so much on lunch here in this country? Yeah, man, really fascinating article. Uh, Further down in there, they were talking about how it's not because... You know, like it's more expensive to make that lunch, to make that sandwich uh, over in the UK. 
But basically, it's just due to different market conditions, whether that be because we're used to, to tipping here in the States. Specifically, they're comparing those sandwiches in New York versus in London. And I guess New Yorkers are just used to tipping more. And so they kind of factor that into the cost for a sandwich. But really, man, one of the most fascinating things that stood out to me was the fact that oftentimes restaurants will sometimes charge more at lunch than they do at dinner. And that's because of that business lunchtime rush. Just like an airline can charge more for business travelers. Yeah, exactly. They're just not man. price conscious. They're, yeah, they're not price conscious. They know that the, no matter what, they're just going to go ahead and get that lunch. And I'm just so happy that I'm not part of that crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I hate not having an option, right? Like if you know you have to go, but I guess if it's maybe on the company and somebody else is kind of footing the dime, I'm not going to be as concerned, I guess. But maybe I would be. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we should treat our employer's money kind of as we do our own. But I think a lot of people don't have that mindset. And I think a lot of people do spend more money just because it's a company credit card or something like that. Right. But I, I, the thing that it made me think reading that article was that whether you're a listener in Great Britain or whether you are a listener here in, in the United States, even if it's cheaper to get your lunch out in Britain, I would still say you should pack your lunch most of the time. If you can make it a habit to pack your lunch, bring it to work four out of five days a week. I pretty much do it five out of five. There's the very rare occasion that I'll eat lunch out. But for the most part, I'm eating lunch at my desk. That is a huge money saver. I don't even think if you're used to eating out for lunch, maybe you haven't even thought about it as kind of one of those places that you can cut back in your budget. But it's actually going to have a substantial effect if you think about how much money you're actually spending every day. And one thing in particular, my friend Len, he writes an article every year. In fact, this year, it's his 11th edition of this. He analyzes the annual cost of 10 popular brown bag sandwiches that you can take to work or pack for your kids. I love that he does that. He factors in the cost per serving, the change in price from, from last year for these sandwiches and these ingredients. So it's kind of just a neat thing. We'll post a link to it in the show notes. But basically, pack your lunch. Even if prices have gone up on the price of peanut butter and jelly, that's not that big of a deal, really, when you're considering cutting back from buying your lunch every single day or most days. Yeah. Or I think what might even be a better option, man, is leftovers. Dude, I think leftovers are so underrated. It's a way that you can waste less food, save money, with just a couple minutes in the microwave or that toaster oven, you get yourself a hot, delicious meal that you can relive all over again. I personally am a huge fan of leftovers. That's a good call, man. I like that. Yeah. More leftovers, more bringing your lunch, less eating out. There are multiple different ways to avoid that expensive lunch option. Like on Fridays, for instance, there is a food truck. They bring a different food truck to our work every single Friday. Ooh, very tempting. Literally, I've never done it. And I've wanted to. I think at some point I will. What if it was a craft beer lunch truck? Oh, shut your mouth. I wouldn't get any work done the rest of the yeah. day. That's for sure. But th like in particular, there's, there's this one roaming around town that's like a main lobster truck. And next time that comes, mm. I'm going to drop the $18 for a lobster roll. I'm going to do it. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, $18? Seriously? Probably. It's like legit main lobster. No, it's not going to be that much, dude. All right. Whatever it is, I'm going to drop it on that because that sounds good to me. Lobster roll here in Atlanta, I'm going to guess $9.50. What? No way. If it's a legit main lobster, it's going to cost way more. Seriously? Yeah. Man, I cannot afford to eat out for lunch. <laughs> it costs $9.50. That is like the one time I'm going to do it. But I'll spend $9.50 on a beer, but not on some lobster. I'm actually not a huge fan of lobster. I would, I would much rather have uh, crab. To me, crab tastes way better than lobster. Crab's a little sweeter. Yeah, yeah sweet I, and mm, so good. I think I prefer lobster though. <laughs> All right, but let's get on to the beer that we're having on the show today. Matt, we're drinking Caramel Macchiato Stout by Old Busthead Brewing Company. 
Yeah, this beer was donated to us by my in-laws while they're uh, up in Virginia for a wedding. So thanks to them, and I'm looking forward to diving into how this beer tastes at the end of the show. All right, buddy, me too. Now on to the subject at hand. We're, optimism. Yeah, we're discussing optimism. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped the gun there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of my favorite subjects. I think optimism is so beneficial to people. And, and most people have negative money scripts floating around in their head. Their, their pessimism hurts their current view of money and, and also their future financial well-being. Well, how can we combat that? I think the answer is financial optimism. When we're pessimistic about the current state of money affairs in our life, it, it leads us to inaction. It freezes us up. We find it hard to change things. We stay put. It, it ends up creating a cycle that secures pessimism for the long term. So I think today on the show, we have to discuss this idea of optimism and how it can have just massive ramifications on how we handle money in our lives. Yeah, man. And I can't help but to think of investing as the perfect example, right? Like you might think, well, I don't have hardly any money to invest. And so you don't. You think it's not going to make any difference at all if you start investing now. But man, it does make a difference, right? Like those small amounts add up over time. And then even beyond that, it has a lot to do with just the discipline of doing the deed, right? Like doing the dang thing and actually investing that money, no matter how small, that's going to help move you forward. So you got to look on the bright side of things and not be pessimistic about it. Completely agree. But aside from the financial implications, optimists overall tend to live longer lives than pessimists. Take that pessimist. Yeah. And, you know, based on the way that, you know, you responded when you heard that sentence, like that might actually tell you which way you tend to lean. I'm sure pessimists are probably like, no, they don't. <laughs> That's BS. I don't believe that. Yeah, whereas optimists are like, oh yeah, I always thought that. That makes sense. And so if we live a life a bit more optimistically, it will lead to a longer and healthier life for us. So it's not even just about doing better with our money. The implications are much, much larger. Yeah. And we're going to talk a lot about optimism as a whole today, but, but also particularly the financial effects of optimism. Well, Basically, I, th I think the more optimistic we can be about our finances, the less taboo there is around money. Y you're more likely to look for help, to ask for help. Optimists tend to make progress. They're getting things done. They're not necessarily striving for perfection. I think sometimes pessimism can stem out of this need for perfection. And it, you're never going to reach that status. Well, if I can't save... 10% in my 401k, I'm not going to save anything. And that's pessimism rearing its ugly head. The optimist is able to say, you know what? I was able to get the ball rolling. I'm going to take that as a win. I'm going to put that as a check mark in the column of I'm getting my finances together. Statistically, there is a direct correlation of our level of optimism and then the health of our finances. I, I think that's fascinating. And this is all great news for the actual optimist. They're right? beaming right now. Yeah. But what if that's just not how you are wired? You might be asking yourself, like, how much control do I actually have over my optimism? Well, the answer is it's more than you think. Science shows that only about 25% of our optimism is biologically determined, is determined by our genetics. 75% of it is up to us. So we actually have a lot of room to make changes in our life. So even if you have some of those natural Eeyore tendencies, you still have a lot of control over the level of optimism in your life. Optimism, in our opinion, will, will lead us to try more things, to be more daring. And more than anything, optimism forces us to focus away from the things that we can't control. It's easy to kind of fixate on those things, the things that we don't have any say over. But optimism says, you know what? I'm not going to think about those things. I'm going to try to focus on the things that are actually in that locus of control that I can make changes to and have a positive effect on my life. Which makes me think, obviously, of Stephen Covey's book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where he talks about you have your circles of concern 
And then within that circle of concern, you have your circle or sphere of influence. And the idea is that we are going to focus on the things that we have actual control over, that we can have influence over, and that we're not wasting our time and energy just spinning our tires trying to change the things that we can't control. You know, the trick is being able to identify the difference between the things that we're concerned about and the things that we have full control over. All right, Matt, we've got more to say about optimism. We've got some physical ways that we want to discuss that you can actually start to implement optimism into your life. But first, we need to kind of change the way our mind works in regards to optimism. And we'll get into that right after the break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs 
and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Joel, we are back from the break and let's talk about our brains. Like you mentioned, we need to mentally change our approach to our finances by working towards becoming more optimistic. If we are continually looking at things through the lens of what might just go wrong, then it'll have a negative effect on our ability to save and our ability to invest for the future. So let's make sure we're taking steps to combat our mental roadblocks to financial optimism with these steps. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. So first things first, if you want to become more optimistic, and what we're saying here is that that's something we should strive for. The first step towards becoming more optimistic is assessing the current reality on the ground. So what do you tend towards? If you're a person that's kind of apt to pessimism, we just talked about 25% of your optimism, pessimism level is, is basically predetermined based on your biology. If you know that about yourself, well, knowing is key. If you see that as a struggle, well, it's something that you can fight against, but you have to know that that's the case first and foremost before you can actually start to tackle the issue head on. So Joel, that totally reminds me of an email that we received recently. He quoted G.I. Joe, <laughs> where he says that knowing is half the battle, because that's totally a G.I. Joe quote. And I don't know if you remember that from the early 90s. I don't. I totally played with G.I. Joe's, but I do not. You ever watch G.I. Joe's? No, I think I, I think I did some, but I definitely don't remember that quote. Oh from my it. gosh. It was like, it was at the end or the beginning. I can't remember, but it was sort of like the little moral lesson where the soldiers are like, they're walking along and two kids are fighting on the basketball court and they talk about like what you should do instead and do, knowing do, is half the battle. You remember <laughs> maybe like 10 years ago when the G.I. Joe redub videos came out? <laughs> Those are pretty funny. Those are really funny. But I mean, I mentioned that because knowing is half the battle. Like knowing in this case is being aware. And in our culture, a lot of times we're often so rewarded for just doing and going, 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 right? Like to just do things without really thinking about them and taking that time to pause and to think about why we're doing things and having that self-awareness, I think is a really important step. So I'm just going to have to agree with you and say, I think that's great advice. <laughs> well, and I think too, there is generally just kind of a pessimistic tone around us in the news, in the things we read. There is often a chicken little, the sky is falling sort of mentality. And not that there aren't issues, not that there aren't problems in the world that we live in. But when you step back to think about it and you read somebody like Steven Pinker and you see, wait a second, the world is actually overall getting a lot better and human life is, is flourishing. And for the most part, the, the trajectory is, is going in a solid direction despite all the difficulties that we face. I mean, I think it's easy to become pessimistic if we're living in the daily news cycle. And we, we have to kind of step back and assess the reality on the ground. And I think that helps us become more optimistic. Yeah, what's at the center of that is just to make sure that you're not dwelling on the negative, right? So for example, when your budget just doesn't look you know quite as clean as you hoped it would at the end of the month, don't beat yourself up about it. That can be maybe motivation instead to kick more butt next month. It can be hard to stay upbeat when negative things happen. And we aren't saying just to deny reality, right? But having a plan to move forward when those unexpected expenses arise, especially mentally, that's just incredibly helpful. Yeah, Matt, for example, if you look at some stats on 
what a person needs to save for their kid to go to college. One kajillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that. It, to- it totally does. There's been some rumblings about this in our Facebook group. People have questions about how much money do I actually need to be saving for my kid's college? And we've talked about that way back in the day. I'm sure we'll talk more about 529 plans in the future. But when you look at the stats and it's like, you need to save $300,000 for your kid's college. For it, each kid, by the way. Right, and right. And I've got four of them. So, <laughs> so basically you're screwed and so are your yeah. kids. Oh, sweet daughter. Have you ever thought about taking up uh, plumbing? Because <laughs> plumbers are going to rule the world. Yeah, that's a side note. But <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, when you look at those numbers, it'll make your eyes glaze over because it's basically an impossibility for 98% of us to fully fund our kids college. But if you dwell on the negative, if you if you dwell on the fact that there's no way that we can fully fund college for our kids, there's no way you can fully fund college for four kids at that sort of rate with those sort of projections. There's no way I can do that for three kids. And so the pessimistic take would be to say, I'm not even going to get started. Like, there's no way, so I'm not going to tackle the problem. The optimistic side would say, I'm pretty sure I can take a big chunk out of that. I'm pretty sure I can make progress and help my kid out in this endeavor, even though there is no silver bullet and I'm not going to solve the problem completely. And that's just kind of a mental shift where basically you have to decide not to dwell on the negative when you see absurd things like that you know, in print. Yeah, there's a lot of room within that gray area, right? It's not either A, oh, they're totally not going to go to college or B, I'm going to be able to fully fund their college and they are. There's a lot of room there in between for either state schools, for local community colleges, for scholarships. And we just joked about this, but trade school, like that's a real possibility for a lot of folks. There are a lot of amazing jobs out there where folks can learn a trade and make an incredible living by doing that. It makes me think too of kind of commercials that were were running years back for certain investment companies. I honestly don't even remember who, but it was kind of that, what's your retirement number? And you would see these numbers from people, you know, that, that this company was saying, you need $1.7 million to retire. And, and there are all these just immense numbers floating around. And for a lot of people, that's going to put the kibosh on you even considering saving for retirement. Yeah, like That's probably pretty disheartening for a lot of folks. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm never going to get there. So why should I even start? And, yeah. and, and so I think certainly things we see in the media, things we see in marketing can kind of lead us to a pessimistic point of view. But what we have to do is we have to turn that on its head and we have to say, you know what? That's ridiculous. And there is something that I can do. It's just going to look a little different. And on the note of staying positive, right? And not dwelling on the negative. It's also important that we learn from our mistakes. We're not defined by our past money mistakes. By letting those mistakes rule our financial life moving forward, that's just a recipe for failure. Optimists instead learn from those mistakes uh, and they tend to view those mistakes instead as fuel for, you know, like that optimistic fire that will burn eternal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, completely, man. You can let a mistake ruin you or you can let a mistake drive you towards accomplishing bigger things. Uh, Another really important thing we need to consider as we attempt to become more optimistic and therefore boosting our chances of financial success is controlling the inputs that we allow into our lives. We ultimately create our own realities in so many ways. Our attitudes can determine the opportunities that we get or don't get. And it it can also determine how we view what happens to us. Do we have this like no pain, no gain mentality? Or are we daunted at every setback? And what are the things that we're letting influence our mood? If we spend a lot of time, like we mentioned, watching the news, scouring social media, it's easy to become more pessimistic. It's easy to think that the world is going to hell in a handbasket, or we just don't have the things that we need, even though those things aren't needs. But we saw them on social media, and we feel like they are now, and we feel like our life is lacking. So much of the pessimism that we experience comes from comparison. So cutting back on those negative inputs in a major way 
can provide a really helpful boost to our optimism levels. And Matt, that actually reminds me of this book I read to my girls at night, a Pete the Cat book. But this Pete the Cat book is, is about Pete and these magic sunglasses. And Pete thinks that these magic sunglasses are, are what's making his day better. The fact that you know his friend gave him these sunglasses and it was like, okay, cool. Now everything's better when I'm wearing these sunglasses. But then the sunglasses break and it takes somebody else telling Pete that it wasn't the sunglasses, man. It's the way he looks at the world. It's his outlook. It's his attitude. And I feel a little lame given like a children's <laughs> book reference here. But man, it's so true. Like it's made this big impact that my girls and I talk about it a lot, but it's not these sunglasses. It's, it's really, it's your outlook on the world. And what happens to you, you can choose to view it in a pessimistic way or you can choose to view it in an optimistic way. So on this note of controlling our inputs, we've had awesome feedback from dozens of listeners via email, via our Facebook group about really cool ways that they have been able to take control of their finances and make a change. And so I feel like one thing that we can do is provide positive input for everyone out there. And so Matt, let's share a couple of listener success stories really quick. How do you feel about that? Yeah, man. We got an email from Maggie and she is who sent us uh, Old Tuffy uh, for last week's episode. We talked about that beer. And she said that I have an almost two-year-old and I worked full-time for more than a year after he was born. It was nuts. Listening to How to Money really helped me to see the light and convince myself that working part-time and taking a huge pay cut was actually possible. I now work 10 to 5, 9 months a year, and it's been great. I love my extra time with my son. Instead of leaving the house at 5 a.m. before he even wakes up, we now go on early morning nature walks, we eat breakfast together, and we have a standing date to watch the trash and recycling get picked up on Thursdays. (laughs) It's so awesome. We are living the life. Without how to money, I'd still be working 40 hours a week year round, would be significantly less happy and would probably be in worse financial shape despite making more money. Man, Joel, what an incredible story. I'm so glad that Maggie included that when she emailed us. Yeah, seriously. And a big reason for that is because her optimism, her ideal life does not look like maybe what it would to a lot of other people, right? Like a standing date to watch the trash truck pull up. <laughs> That's so little boy stuff, man. It, it, it is. Which and gets me excited about our little boys growing exactly, up. Exactly, exactly. Like I hear that and I know the, the sort of feeling that she's referring to. And it's just these little small things in life that are not glamorous by any means. It's not at all a status symbol, but it's something that means the world to her and it means the world to her son. And in this case, that is all that matters. Yeah, it's not some all-inclusive vacation. It's not some fancy steak dinner. It's those little things. And yeah, that gets me fired up. Hearing people that have been able to take control and make a positive impact on their finances, it makes me more optimistic about what I can do, which is why we're sharing these stories. So another one that I saw recently in our Facebook group was from listener Richard. And he said, well, how a money family, I did it. A huge thank you to this community and my close friends and family for being as supportive as you are. In four months, I dropped this high interest credit card from a balance of $8,100 to $0, utilizing a variety of methods found in the podcast and the group. Cutting costs, being mindful of spending habits, and I even transferred 2000 to a new 0% card that's being paid off over the next year. For those of you still on your way, you can do it. So I love, man, it's this <laughs> virtuous cycle of building others up and letting them know that they can do it too, that they can make changes to their life. And I don't know how long Richard was sitting on that debt. I don't know if it was years or if it was just months, but usually it takes, it takes years to build up to that level of debt. But the fact that he tackled it 
in months, that he got rid of it and encouraging others that they can follow suit. Man, those are the kind of positive inputs I want to put into my life because it motivates me to, to work even harder. And it reminds me of the truth that I do have this element of control over my life that sometimes we think we don't. So yeah, big props to Richard. And thanks for sharing your story in the Facebook group, man. Yeah. So we're sharing those stories with you to act as encouragement. And hopefully that is a way that you are able to boost your optimism. Yeah. And if Richard can do it, trust me, anybody can do it. Okay. (laughs) And so we're going to talk more about some different ways that you can increase the amount of optimism that you have in your life. But first, a quick break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the Money App 
Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All righty then, we're back and we're talking about optimism today. We just talked about a few ways that you can kind of shift things up mentally in order to increase your level of optimism, which has a direct impact on your finances. But there are also just kind of some physical things that you can make happen that you can boost in order to do the same, in order to increase that optimism level. It might not come naturally to you, but there are some tangible things that you can implement in order to cultivate financial optimism in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. Yeah. And I think it's just so important, man, that we are talking about the physical side of things because we could just totally stay in our own heads and say, you got to control your inputs. You need to think more positively. And you can beat yourself up over not thinking positively enough. Exactly. But that only gets you so far, right? Like we're holistic beings and we are influenced by the physical environment around us. We're influenced by the physical actions that we take. And so it's important, yeah, that we talk now about the, the physical side of things. And so let's talk quickly about goals, right? If you're not working towards something specific, it can be tough to be hopeful about your future. We want you to think about it. You need to set some achievable goals. And then it's helpful if you actually write them down to constantly remind yourself of what it is that you're striving after. When you're just working without a purpose, that's drudgery. That's what feels like fruitless labor. And that is what we're trying to avoid. So speaking of those goals and continually reminding yourself of them, Matt, I heard an interview recently with tight end Tony Gonzalez. He used to play for our Atlanta Falcons. He, he was literally the best tight end in all of football ever. Like he, there's no one, there's never been anyone better at the position. He the best. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic. And what he would do, actually, I found this fascinating. Early in the week before a football game, he would write himself a letter and he would say exactly Aww. what he wanted <laughs> out of that upcoming football game that's pretty sweet and he was like i want two touchdowns i want like 12 catches blah 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 but he would he would write this in-depth letter about what he was hoping for this next week's game and he would read it every day that week before practice and he gave a lot of credence to kind of putting that goal in front of him and seeing it every single day it was this kind of emotional and physical response to increase his optimism level to thinking that he could even potentially achieve that goal so i don't know i just thought that was really cool and super cool man that's that's really awesome actually it makes me want to write down everything and read everything back to myself right (laughs) yeah i think the more we do write things down and that's something honestly i'm not terribly good at and i want to get better at because i do see that as a way of of helping boost my optimism level and helping me actually achieve the things that I that I set out to achieve. Yeah, and part of setting those goals is to dedicate the actual time to thinking about your goals. 
It can be as straightforward as knocking out that small amount of credit card debt that's maybe been hanging around for forever to larger things like your mission statement or even more ambitious pursuits. But give yourself the time to dream, even though it might be countercultural to sort of quote unquote waste that time, right? Like we don't give ourselves enough time to be creative, to, to waste, to come up with creative solutions to problems that we're faced with. And a lot of times, you know, this goes back to my comment earlier, but like we are just doing things without thinking about them. And when we actually give ourselves a little bit of time and some additional mental energy, I'm pretty sure everyone would see some massive benefits from that. Yeah. How come our best ideas come in the shower? Because typically it's the only time we give ourselves the space to let our brains wander. But there are other ways that we can implement that into our lives too. Another thing that we need to do is to, is to plan it out. It's easier to be optimistic when you have a list of achievable daily, weekly, and monthly items that are on a schedule. Having planned action items will act as a deadline that will get you crossing items off of that list. And that in and of itself boosts your level of optimism. For example, make it a goal to figure out one way to save money every month. You might feel so good that you try to make it a weekly habit. Shop your cell phone bill one month. Then do the same for your insurance. Then tweet at your internet provider to see if you can lessen your internet bill. Like If you can do one of those every month, every time you knock down one of those dominoes and increase your level of saving, you make a move to positively impact your finances, it's only going to help you in that next attempt, right? And you're going to feel unstoppable pretty shortly because every time you put a goal down on paper, you're able to cross it off the list because you made it happen. And Jill, another way that you can be unstoppably optimistic is by charting your progress. It's hard not to feel optimistic when you can see your gains on paper. And sometimes that can be difficult to do with your finances. But maybe for you, that's you know your spreadsheets in Excel. But it can be as simple as a bar graph that you color in as you make progress. Or even a gratitude journal is a great way to do this, right? This allows you to track and be thankful for things that are non-number related just words. It doesn't have to be numbers. It can just be words that you're thankful for. <laughs> yeah. Another thing, Matt, that I think holds people back, and we kind of briefly mentioned this early on with the G.I. Joe quote, is the, a lack of knowledge can, can lead us towards pessimism. If we don't know the next action step, if we don't know how to tackle the, the rut that we're in, then that can take our brains down kind of a dark, twisty path of pessimism. We've got this fear of taking the wrong step. And that can, in some ways, be oddly healthy if you don't have the proper knowledge. But for instance, like in episode 119, we talked about the power of investing yourself. It's all about boosting your human capital. Keep listening to podcasts like How to Money. Find other great podcasts out there that can help you boost your level of knowledge. Knowledge is kind of power, right? Read books on personal finance. We've interviewed a bunch of amazing people. Christy Shen wrote this book, Quit Like a Millionaire. Grant Sabatier wrote a book called Financial Freedom. A guy that we haven't interviewed yet, but we will one of these days. J.L. Collins That's wrote... That's right. We will soon. We totally will. Simple Path to Wealth. I mean, there are all these great books out there. We'll, we'll link to some of those in the show notes. But the, the smarter you can get, the more knowledgeable you can get, that drastically increases your levels of optimism. Yeah, not only does it increase your optimism, man, but this just straight up gives you more confidence as well. Another thing to do is to seek advice. You'll gain a certain amount of optimism just by talking about money with your friends and family. We talk about that all the time, like just knocking down that taboo, talking about money. But an even better way to improve your outlook is by asking for advice from others who are crushing it financially or even getting some financial counseling. Look for ways that you can improve your financial knowledge by asking around. I feel like even just asking for advice, submitting a question for an Ask HTM episode, which you can easily do at howtomoney.com slash ask. Even just 
submitting a question, asking somebody something, is this step towards optimism. It's saying, you know what? Yeah. I believe that somebody has a knowledge out there that can benefit me. All I got to do is ask. So I think that's just fascinating how, how even asking the question is this step in the right direction towards increasing your optimism. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even about the knowledge that you would receive, but it's just the fact that you are willing to accept new information, right? Like that you're open to learning uh, and open to improving. Like that says a lot about an individual. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, another important step to increasing your optimism is to celebrate. Find ways to reinforce good financial behavior with rewards. It, it doesn't have to cost a ton of money or, or really any money at all, but, but you can give yourself a tangible reward when you succeed or make progress. I think sometimes it can be drudgery as we're attempting to pay off debt, as we're trying to start saving for the future. And if we're not rewarding ourselves, it can be really easy to let pessimism overtake us and think that, well, this debt, it, it's never going to go away. It's going to be an albatross around my neck for forever. But when you celebrate the small wins along the way, it removes some of that pessimistic vibe and it allows you to see the progress that you're actually making, which is a huge motivator as, as you move forward. So I think celebrating wins is, is a great step to take towards becoming more optimistic. Man, that's so good for me to hear personally, because a lot of times I know I can forego the celebration and instead just continue working on towards my next goal. Yeah. If you never enjoy the fruit of your labor, if you never celebrate the wins, whatever you're trying to accomplish can, instead of feeling like an awesome thing that you're tackling, it can feel like drudgery. But one of the last things that we do want to mention, Joel, is that optimism alone can't save you, right? There's a difference between a good case of solid optimism and having your head stuck in the sand about the realities around you. But even as you assess the current state that you're in, seeing the good that currently exists and seeking to implement positive steps towards making beneficial change, well, that'll have a profound impact on you. If you say you can't, well, guess what? You won't. But if you think you can and you're willing to give it a try, if you're open to it, really cool things will start to happen. Yeah, man. In my mind, optimism kind of equals resilience. It's knowing that you have the power to make moves, however small, to improve your situation. And Matt, when I think about optimism like that, it actually kind of makes me think about this, this young girl I know named Gracie. And when she was born, she was born with cancer that everybody said that she wasn't going to live very long. She wasn't going to live past a year old for sure, is what, is what the doctor said. And, and now she's, she's in high school. She's basically lived this life of resilience where she's overcome obstacles that people said she never would. And does she have struggles? Yeah. Is her life difficult? Of course. But when I see someone like Gracie, it, it just reminds me that there are so many things in this life that are achievable, that people around us and that even our own brains are going to tell us aren't possible. But if we will harness an optimistic spirit, if we will implement optimism into our brains and into our physical reality a little bit more, and in particular, in regards to our finances, I really truly believe it has a massive impact on how quickly we can achieve the goals that we've set out and ultimately whether or not we're going to achieve them at all many times. So yeah, optimism equals resilience and you want to become more resilient. You want to become more optimistic. And that in and of itself is going to have major ramifications on, on how your finances look. Nice, man. That's so good. Thanks for, uh, for sharing that, dude. Yeah, man. Gracie, super inspirational. Makes me more optimistic about the things that, that I can accomplish and, and that the people around me can accomplish. It makes me want to be more optimistic for the folks that I come in contact with and, and the, the listeners on this podcast. Be optimistic about the things that we can achieve. Man, and also I am thankful to be sitting here with you talking about finances, talking about money while drinking a delicious beer. On this episode, we had 
Caramel Macchiato Stout, and this is by Old Busthead Brewing Company. Donated to the show by my in-laws, Mono and Pop. Joel, what were your thoughts on this beer? Man, this was totally a dessert stout, which is... <laughs> totally. It, it had this like nice kind of sweetness, vanilla sweetness. It had like a, a little bit of a salted caramel vibe, Ooh, which yeah. is my wife's like favorite flavor of ice cream. So she would totally dig this beer. She's probably going to be upset she wasn't here tonight. <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was really good. For, for me, typically I like stouts that are a little more like coffee, roasted, dark chocolate kind of notes. This one had more sweet notes, but super interesting, very unique. And it hit the nail on the head, man, for caramel macchiato stout. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I love it when what you see on the label is... Like that is uh, exactly what you're drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfectly reflects what you got uh, inside the bottle. Yeah, it did say it was brewed with coffee, but you didn't get much of that sort of bitter roastedness. More so, you get that vanilla, like you said. It had almost had like a creme brulee sort of flavor to it. 100% I'm with you in the fact that it was a dessert beer. And I was reading on the bottle, it said that it's refreshing in the summer and decadent in the winter. And I totally agree, though, about it being refreshing because it wasn't too thick and syrupy. Uh, A lot of times, stouts like this can get really overwhelming when it comes to their viscosity. But this was super easy to drink, and it was very delish. So I'm glad we got to share this one on the podcast, dude. Agreed, my friend. All right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. Hopefully, this was an encouraging episode. I know, honestly, just having this conversation with you was encouraging to me. It makes me want to get after it a little bit more. It makes me want to be more optimistic in my dealings with those around me because I think optimism can be contagious. Yeah, couldn't agree more, dude. All right, yeah. And so for show notes for this episode, you can find those pretty easily on our website at howtomoney.com. And if you found this episode and our podcast in general helpful and you enjoyed it, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. All right, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Insane in the membrane. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.